Welcome to the Neuropathy Support Group and Podcast. I'm Chris, and I'm so glad you tuned in. It's my hope with this podcast to help all of us gather information that might help those that need support dealing with this debilitating issue. Hello, and welcome to this podcast. Before we get started, let's get the formalities out of the way with the medical and privacy disclaimer. I am not a doctor or medical professional. The information on this podcast is from personal experiences and is meant for group support. Additionally, the information discussed is not meant to diagnose, treat, or cure any underlying conditions associated with neuropathy. All names here within are private and will not be shared with any outside sources. Please consult your healthcare provider before making any health decisions. If you have medical concerns or an immediate emergency, please contact your doctor or dial 911. Hello everyone, how you doing? I hope you had a great week. Um, my weeks are still in agony and pain, mostly, like most of yourselves out there I know. As in reading all the Facebook pages that I have in dealing with neuropathy, peripheral neuropathy, all the nerve pains, I can see, um, you know, the debate still over you know medications and which ones work which ones don't we're going to talk about the ones that are prescription drugs not over the counter these are going to be prescription drugs now i tried so hard i wanted to get away from the chronic pain issue that we've been talking about for the last two three weeks i wanted to change it up but i fell right back into the same thing with the chronic pain again because like i said everything i've read online but today I'm going to talk about the medications, and there's three of them that I'm going to talk about today. But the reason why I want to talk about the medications is to give you guys a heads up and just some additional information that you can go ahead and talk with your doctor when you see them next. And, you know, I take opiates, which I've told you guys for many, many years. Um, at first, the very beginning when I started taking them, I, I did have an addiction. Um, I, you know, I took more than what I was supposed to during the day. And it got to the point where by the end of the month, I was out of pills. Then you get desperate. You're asking all your friends, like, you know, someone else that has issues with the drugs. And... You try to find them as, as best as you can. You keep going to all these different pharmacies to see if any of that is going to help. And of course it doesn't. It's all regulated. So I had to learn and teach myself not to be that way. And, you know, because the part that the part I feel is, is the worst is the um, dependency. How much you depend on those medications. And if you're out of them, your body just aches going through withdrawal. So... This is something that I wanted to talk about today, and I'm going to kind of hurry along with this because I want to get in those three medications, um, and then hopefully by next uh, episode, we can talk about something else besides chronic pain and give us a little bit of cheering up. So the medications I'm going to be talking about today are the most common that I hear and I know because I've taken all these. The first one's going to be about Lyrica. The second one's going to be about Gabapentin. And the third one is going to be about Tramadol. Now, I've talked about um, that I've taken all these before. The only one I haven't taken is Tramadol. But I've taken other um, meds that are like, I've taken morphine. I've taken fentanyl patches. Um, I, you know, I've taken the Oxycodons, Oxycontins. I've taken the Vicodin. And right now I'm just fine with what I take, and that's going to be the 
Oxycontin and Oxycostone or Percocet. Those are the two I'm taking. Um, I used to take Lyrica. I used to take Gabapentin. Those didn't work. Um, you know, I think like one of those two, uh, happened to make me, um, <clears throat> gain a lot of weight. Excuse me. And, but that wasn't the real issue. The real issue was that it just didn't work. It wasn't doing anything different or helping my body. And, <clears throat> sorry. And another thing is too is, uh, antidepressants are types of painkillers, believe it or not. Now, I take about five or six different antidepressants, all for different um, issues that I have with mental issues. And those um, don't really do anything in regards to the pain. These, you know, even though they do say they are um, for that, I, they don't help me at all for that. They just help me with the mental capacity to make it, you know, through the day without depression, anger. No, those kind of things, which I feel that's what these medications are meant to do. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I guess the reason why it falls under the pain, the pain relievers is because of what it does to your brain. And I guess it kind of um, makes that part of your um, serotonin and those things in your brain kind of calm down a little bit. And But I never found them to be used for that. I take them for other reasons. So let's go ahead and get started here with um, the Lyrica first. I'm just going to give you kind of a brief rundown about it. Um, I may talk about, you know, how they use it for pain. Um, maybe a little bit of descriptions, but I, like I said, I don't want to get into it too heavy because I have three um, medications total I want to talk about within that 20, 25 minutes. So as I list these medications, Keep in mind that these are medications that were for me, not for you, for me. And I'm going to let you know what worked and what didn't work. So these are things that you need to talk to your doctor about. Let's hold on one second before we go on to Lyrica because I just found something that's kind of interesting. Um, this is a list of pain medications that are I'm not going to really get into too much about them, about them but... Um, like, like I always say and do, so I always post these things to my Facebook page. But here's number one. It's called Carfenil. Carfenil is a synthetic drug 10,000 times more powerful than morphine and 100 times more potent than medical grade fentanyl itself. Number two is fentanyl. Fentanyl is also a synthetic opiate that is up to 50 times more than potent than heroin. Next is heroin. Heroin is the third strongest narcotic and is semi-synthetic opiate derived from morphine, a natural compound that comes from the opium poppy. So number four is going to be hydromorphone. Hydromorphone is another powerful opiate that is up to eight times more potent than morphine. Number five is going to be oxymorphone. A number, at number five, oxymorphone is still a very large opiate. Oxymorphone was available only in generic form at the time that this uh, was written out and may still be prescribed to treat moderate to severe pain. Now, mind you, some of these I haven't even heard of before. Uh, here's number six, methadone. 
While methadone is intended to be used under strict medical supervision to treat symptoms of opiate withdrawal, non-medical use is illegal. Methadone is not chemically similar to heroin or morphine, but still produces comparable effects of euphoria and relaxation. Now, <clears throat> what's so strange is that opiate right there, which is one I've told you I've taken before, I didn't use it to treat the um, withdrawals. I used it to stop the pain. So, you know, that's kind of weird that that one falls in the same um, same category, you know. Here's number seven, oxycodone. While oxycodone isn't as powerful as the aforementioned opiates, it is still a Schedule II drug with high potent potential for abuse and dependence. So, you know, the, this one's tr uh, used also for moderate to severe pain. You know, I, but it doesn't, look, it's number seven. So there are other medications out there that we could probably, possibly use. But again, too, we're going to get so used to it, you know, the milligrams are going to start climbing. Um, number nine, hydrocodone. Hydrocodone is almost as uh, potent as morphine and is described to treat moderate pain. Brand names for hydrocodone include Vicodin, Lortab, and Norco. More uh, potent than codeine, hydrocodone is currently the most commonly prescribed opiate in the US. And like I told you, that is one I take. Number 10 is codeine. Codeine is an opiate that is weaker in potency and is generally prescribed to treat mild to moderate pain. It is often used with other medications such as Tylenol. So, you know, those are the meds that you get when you got an earache or toothache or something like that. Which, to me, in those cases, it works pretty good. Number 11 is called Meripiridine. Meripiridine, also known by the brand name Demerol. I haven't heard that one in a long time. Was the first synthetic opiate ever developed. Meriperidine is less potent than many other opiates, but like all painkillers, still has the potential for abuse. Isn't that, isn't um, Demerol the one that they give in spinal injections for, or for women when they're going through childbirth? I thought that was the one they used. And then finally, number 12, on the lowest list comes um, Tramadol. Tramadol is the least potent drug on the pain medication list and has a similar potency to meriperidine, which is what we just talked about, but is considered to have less potential for chemical dependence, tolerance, and abuse. However, Tramadol, also known by the brand name Ultram, can still be used, misused by those suffering from addiction or pain conditions. Well, that was kind of interesting how these are ranked, um, which ones, you know, but you still, I would definitely talk to your doctor before any of those things are used. If you're not using them at this time, don't start because like take it for me, um, addiction is real and it can happen. And some of these two you can overdose on. And that's another thing that you need to be very careful with. I, um, <clears throat> when I, I'd already been taking opiates for some time. And just, I bet, last year, the doctor finally asked me if I wanted to take some Narcan home with me or get a prescription for it. 
So I guess that's something that they're doing now that doctors are making sure you have Narcan at home in case you, you know, overdose on it. Which is a good thing. I'm glad I have it to know it's there. But, um, you know, like I said, don't take any of these until you talk to your doctor. So I'm not going to go over a couple of these sections because I know we all know what, you know, what they are like. You know, what is uh, neuropathy? What is neuropathy pain? But I do want to talk about um, the one big issue that they talk about here on this one page is, you know, about antidepressants or anti-seizure medications and how they help with pain. So see, you got to remember that not all antidepressants are, are for pain. Um, some of them don't work at all for that. So you need to be kind of cautious in regards to which ones, you know, you get. And that's one of those things that we're going to be talking about, too, is uh, Cymbalta for that issue. And when it comes to the anti-seizure medications, some of those are the same thing. This class, this class works by calming down the overactive pain signals caused by damaged nerves. Which These are some products that I've taken, and these can, are considered your Lyrica and your gabapentin, um, you know, and they're listed under, you know, pain meds, but they're also anti-seizure medications, and sometimes these don't work on those issues, um, such as, look, right here it says, um, gabapentin is FDA approved, but can be used in other types of neuropathic pain, so, and again, that didn't work for me, so something that doesn't work for me may still work for you, so there's nothing wrong with you asking your doctor for something like, you know, something like those there, those two products that might help you with that. So let's go ahead and get into the final part of this here, where I talk about those three separate medications. Um, but we all, I believe, we've probably all taken over-the-counter medications before for the pain, which we all know they're not strong enough, they don't work, things like, you know, Tylenol, NSAIDs, which is like aspirin, Advil, Motrin, Aleve, you know, they don't, they don't last as long. And then you have those topical patches like lidocaine, capsaicin, you know, those, um, well, like the capsaicin for me, it burns my skin real bad. So, you know, I have an allergic reaction to that. And also there's aspirin cream and Bengay. Now, one, one thought and one thing I've heard is Bengay works real well on your feet at night. If your feet are in pain, just put some Bengay on there and it's supposed to work real good from what I've heard from others. And then we have the prescription pain relievers, which we're going to talk about three of them. But those are ones that treat cancer, fibromyalgia, migraines, you know, arthritis, muscle pain. Okay, so let's get into tramadol first. Now, one thing I've noticed is um, when someone talks about tramadol, some may not know the linguistics of that product, but it, you know, a lot of people ask, is it an opiate? But according to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, it is. It's classified as a narcotic and an opiate. Tramadol acts on the central nervous system to relieve pain. While data indicates that the rate of tramadol misuse among patients is lower, and that's why I never took it because it seemed like it never worked, than that of many other opiates, drug does carry the risk of it, uh, dependence and addiction. So then, let me ask you this. Do you know the difference between an opiate and an opioid? I did not know there was two different things for myself when I looked this up. But both the drugs, they function the same way. They act on the body's opiate receptors to produce the power-killing effects. They also induce 
euphoric and sedating issues. Opiates, however, are directly derived from certain poppy plants. Some common opiates are morphine, codeine, and heroin. But when it comes to the opiates, they're in a category of opiates, but on the other hand, include both naturally derived opiates and synthetic opioids produ produced in a lab. Some well-known synthetic opiates are oxycodone, hydrocodone, fentanyl, and tramadol. And tramadol is also known by the brand name Ultram. is an opiate painkiller similar to codeine. So that's, to me, that's where it's not really that strong. Um, though it's synthesized in a lab, doctors usually prescribe opiates like tramadol for moderate to severe pain. These drugs also help with post-operative pain and chronic pain. And that uh, tramadol is actually something that my brother-in-law takes. And But he had surgery on one of his legs. Uh, he got in a motorcycle accident and broke it. And they had to use a pin from his bottom of his leg to his ankle to put it, you know, put it back together. And he's been using tramadol for, I don't know, oh God, maybe over 10 years at this point. So let's go ahead and talk about gabapentin. You know, for me, gabapentin, I never thought of it being a pain relief medication. Uh, that's, you know, and it never worked for me. But gabapentin is used for other medications to prevent and control seizures. So when it comes to gabapentin, it's a medicine used to treat partial seizures, nerve pain, from shingles and restless leg syndrome. Now for restless leg syndrome, I take uh, Requip. Because I, like I said, I never had no luck with gabapentin for anything. It works on chemical messengers in your brain and nerves. Gabapentin is from a group of medicines that are called anticonvulsants. Um, there's different brands which are in interchangeable. But see, this one right here is made for, um, I guess, it said pain that isn't, you know, intensive as what we have probably at this point, you know, during this process we're going through. So now when it comes to Lyrica, this medication is used to treat pain caused by nerve damage due to diabetes, shingles, infection, or spinal cord injury. This medication is also used to treat pain in people with fibromyalgia. It is also used with other medications to treat certain types of seizures. See now, Lyrica is one of those also that falls under the um, possible of having an addiction to this medication, which, you know, I, did, I never had that on that Lyrica at all. I'm gonna say practically every day, I'm having two or three different messages come across my phone um, about opiates and about the DEA and, you know, those kind of things. And it's just, a, it's going to affect us all if they make these changes that they're, you know, on doctors prescribing these medications to us, especially when you've already been taken and you need it. I kind of wanted to save from chronic pain sufferers, but there's no way I can do that. Uh, there's just too much information, and we all deal with this. We all need to know about it. But let me, uh, I got a couple of minutes here. Let me say one thing here. Because it says on this news report, it says opiates don't do enough for chronic pain sufferers. Chronic pain affects one in six people in the United States and around the world, and is the most common cause of disability. Yet medicine's just desperate attempts to treat chronic pain sparked the opiate epidemic. And while many promising non-opiate therapies exist, some of them de uh, newly developed patients face innumerable barriers to access them. You see what I mean? I, 
There's no need to be doing that to us. Jeez, if they want this epidemic to stop with the opiates, they need us to try those new things that are coming out. They'll have less of, of a um, issue with us uh, in regards to, um, you know, the overdoses and being hooked on it. And, you know, I've heard one product, and I don't know what it is, but there's one, I guess, that's out there that has less amount of you wanting it more and more. You know, you're not going to have the issues of... um your body needing it and I'm wanting it more. So let's continue here. To overcome the opiate epidemic, it is not enough to just reduce how many opiates physicians prescribe. We need to be able to offer patients evidence-based alternatives. Yet for that to happen, we must also better understand the fundamental nature of chronic pain, which is as much an emotion we feel in our minds as it is a physical sensation experienced by our body. To continue, acceptance and commitment therapy and exercise are both safer and more effective for chronic pain than opiates, which can actually increase how much those with chronic pain hurt. Now, here's the one thing that scares me. Um, you know, sometimes when you're taking these medications for so long, especially these opiates, you know, you can run into problems with pancreatitis, you know, and maybe other issues that aren't mentioned here, but here we go. Unfortunately, services such as physical or cognitive therapy were hit hard by COVID-19 pandemic. And given that there are only 74 certified pain rehab centers in the entire U.S., the need and demand far exceeds the supply of these potent remedies. Wow. I hope you guys got a lot of out of this uh, podcast episode. Information that you can take back to your doctor. And maybe make some changes to your regimen. And the types of medications you're taking. And see what your doctor says. And see if they're going to benefit you. I know there's products out there. That do help somewhat. But I all I can say is. Please just be careful about. Increasing your milligrams all the time, because then you can get hooked on it, and there's it's hard to come back from that, because you have the withdrawals, and it's better just to try to find other alternatives that you can use supplements, you know, that might increase your um, vitamins in your body. I mean, sometimes those work too a little bit. Every little bit helps, but that's what you, that's where you come in, and that's where I come in where I have to find and where I want to find best information I can get for you. Thank you for listening, and I will talk to you next Monday. Bye. As we come to a close, it's my hope this podcast and other sources, such as product reviews that I have discussed today, can better our lives and give us some relief dealing with neuropathy. This episode plus others are posted every Monday on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. And finally, whatever life throws at you, even if it hurts you, just be strong and fight through it. Remember, strong walls shake, but never collapse. Talk to you next Monday.